Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 125 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And the featured guest this week, the face of the NFL Network, the host of the Rich Eisen Show, the aforementioned Rich Eisen. And trust me, you do not want to miss this. Rich is fantastic talking about his Jets storylines in the first five weeks of the NFL. The Yankees, his Yankees, has some great Yankee stories. Aaron Judge versus Bonds versus Sosa versus McGuire, his Sports Center days, the way he's able to combine entertainment and sports on the Rich Eisen show. Trust me, you guys are absolutely going to love this. And how about our guy, Bob Stew? It's a big week in the NFL, and we're right before the Bills and the Chiefs. So we're going to do an extra podcast this week. So. Bob, just to make sure I have this all right for this week for the Adam Shine podcast and for next week, because you are on some kind of heater here booking these amazing guests for the radio show and specifically for the podcast. So we have Rich Eisen, megastar from the NFL Network. We're going to have Nick Wright, who you brilliantly booked from FS1, Fox Sports 1, fellow WAER Hall of Famer, Syracuse grad. He's a big Chiefs guy. I'm a big Bills guy. So that'll be great leading up to the game of the year. And then next week, Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, is going to be on the podcast. So, Bob, two pods this week. So we'll do all our fantasy stuff on the Nick Wright podcast later this week. So how about you, Rich Eisen, Nick Wright, and Ralph Macchio, the next three guests on the Adam Shine podcast? I don't know how Nick Wright got involved in this, Adam, because I only book Jets fans now. I mean, Rich Eisen, Ralph <laughs> Macho. This is the Jets world we're living in, Adam. No more of this nonsense with the Patriots and the Dolphins. Enough of them. Finally, Adam, we can revel in having some Jets fans on the podcast. It is a beautiful thing coming off another big victory. But, yeah, we'll do two podcasts this week. And, man, I can't wait to have Ralph Macho on. He's going to be unbelievable. And Ralph's a big Mets fan, too, and we're going to have to talk to him about this waste of a Mets season. Up ten and a half games in the division, collapse. Then they lose in the wild card round, which they should have never been in the first place, to the San Diego Padres. I mean, it's crazy. Tim played that trumpet in the Dodger game. Uh, I was there on the 31st of August. And that was supposed to be the turning point and solidify them as the division winners beat the Dodgers in the series. They lose all these series to sub-500 teams, 20 games under. 
What a disgrace. A horrible job by the Mets. I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, they won 101 games. Scherzer no-showed. Bassett no-showed. Showalter embarrassed himself on Sunday night, you know, with Musgrove. That was awful. They got one hit. And you're trying to tell me that he was cheating and throw the Hail Mary to get him off his rhythm? Make the umpire stick a finger in his ear to see if he's got a substance in his ear? Doctoring the baseball? Uh, the Mets are a waste of time, waste of space, a terrible, terrible collapse. So I promise when I see Ralph Macchio, Bob, unless you want to do it, I- I'm not going to put my finger in Ralph Macchio's ear. I don't know if you're planning on doing that. We have Ralph next week, but... We'll have to talk to him about his Mets, but do me a favor. Promise me, because that's going to be a, a not Zoom, an in-person interview will be on the SXM app. You know, you're not going to put your finger in Ralph Macchio's ear. You're going to behave, right? I don't feel like getting Crane kicked in the face, Adam. It's the Karate Kid. I'm not touching his ears. Come on. All right, fair enough. It's the Karate Kid. Someone else? Maybe. Rich Eisen, future guest on the Adam Shine Podcast, and he joins us right after this. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Mike Babchick from Morning Man of Mad Dog Sports Radio. When you are done listening to Shine, come hear me as I roast them. It's Babchick's morning after the podcast. We try to make sure our bosses never find out about it. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, one of my favorite people to watch and listen to in the business. He is, of course, the face of the NFL Network. He has an outstanding show, The Rich Eisen Show, which is named after the host of the show. And he joins us right now, the great Rich Eisen. Rich, how are you? I am doing well, Adam Shine. What's going on? I got to tell you, everything's going on. I've wanted to get you on the podcast for a long time because... okay. Frankly, I think you're wonderful, and um, your career is outstanding on a lot of different levels, and I was waiting for the perfect time to, you know, really chop it up with you and have a conversation, and, you know, frankly, I wanted to really get you on the show after a Jets win, and Mm. the fact that the Jets won the game over the weekend against Miami in the fashion that they did, Rich, I'm not a Jets fan, and I was energized for Jets fans. How did you feel watching your favorite football team over the weekend? Uh, I, I, uh, as I said on my show last week, after they uh, came from behind uh, 10, they went up from 10 up to 10 down and actually beat the Steelers. I had the same reaction. I went home to my dogs to see if they were meowing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what is going on? But it, it is the work of a general manager 
drafting smartly and wisely, choosing the right coach to place in in um, in the position of not only culture changing and cheerleading, but teaching. And um, dare I say, it's working. And um, it's just fun to see. It's fun to see a smart move. I was sitting there in Las Vegas on that Friday night for the draft. And I heard a lot of rumors that the Jets are trying to go get Brees Hall. And I'm like, man, do I love that. I love it. It's just aggressive after they were aggressive the night before. And they used the pick, um, you know, uh, that they got in the Sam Darnold trade to go and maneuver around. And then uh, the pick that they got for Jamal Adams to maneuver around and get somebody like Sauce Gardner. And um, it's just neat to watch actual plans come to fruition and uh and the plan to be executed uh i'm loving it i don't know where it's going to go from here i just want zach wilson to be healthy so he can continue to mature and be evaluated and you know the elijah vera tucker seems to be an incredible draft choice from a couple of drafts ago as well they've been smart about it and um all the plans are, are working adam it's fun and I love how you gave Joe Douglas credit. He deserves oh, yeah. it. And the, the drafts, free agency, the calculated trades, moves they've made. I mean, it's it's really refreshing. And oh, yeah, man. I had I had Joe Douglas on my show after the draft. Like, literally, that's the guy I wanted to talk to more than anybody else after the draft. And I even joked with him. It sounded like that old, you know, Chris Farley show, um, you know, uh, a bit from Saturday Night Live. Like, remember that time? And remember when you drafted, you know, <laughs> you drafted Sauce Gardner. That was awesome. And then remember that time you got Garrett Wilson. That was that was awesome. And then the end of the first round, you you moved in to take Jermaine Johnson. That was awesome. You know, like it literally that was that was my interview with him. And it it was worthy of it. And obviously this year uh, got off to a, a um, unplanned start with Wilson being hurt. But yeah, look, uh, when you had the opportunity to draft Josh Allen, then you didn't, and you see what he's grown into in that division. It might be a a, a mistake that a previous administration made that is going to cost the Jets for a long time to come. They finally get rid of Brady, and now here comes Josh Allen to squat atop that division, one would think, for, for a very long time. But um, to have a team that I think they that can grow and compete together, um, you never know. I love the way you phrase it. I love, you know, and you say you never know, but you're optimistic. I could hear it in your voice. Sure. It's built the right way. And I, I know, you know, we do have a time limit on, on the interview, but going, Go through, it, going through your fandom, do you yeah. have a worst moment as a Jets fan? I don't know. I mean, was it in college when they drafted Jeff Lagerman and <laughs> um, and a very young Mel Kuyper Jr. who sudden for some reason looks exactly the same, said they don't know what the Jets have no idea what they're doing? Could it be Johnny Lamb Jones before that? Um, is it possible that it was uh, Don Shula um, negligently removing the turf and the Orange Bowl for that A.J. Dewey multiple interception AFC championship game when I was a kid? It could be all of that. Could be the fake spike. Could be that Marino moment. Could be getting our uh, kicked in the nards multiple times, over and over again. Could be the uh, the the butt fumble. I mean, uh, it, it could be that. Um, probably it could be you know being in Mile High Stadium. I was in a, a second year 
sports center anchor and I wore my Wesley Walker Jersey that I still had my name stitched into the back. So I knew which bunk it was being returned to at Camp Loconda back in the day, wore that Jersey to the game, sat in the second to last row of the stadium and was told it was my first trip to mile high, how loud it's going to get in there. And um, the jets took a halftime lead and it was dead quiet. And I thought to myself, am I physically going to be here and watch the jets make the super bowl for the first mm. time in my life? Is that possible? And of course, all of uh, Bill Parcells, guys let him down. Dave Meggett letting a ball drop to begin the kickoff of the second half. And then Denver grabbed that hopped on it. Um, and then started a roller coaster um, uh, evening, and it just started the ball rolling in a way. I think Keith Byers fumbled it. It was just oh, yeah. ugly. That was an ugly day. But look, man, I mean, you are what you are, and what the Jets are are three and two. And you mentioned how you know I said you never know. I mean, I I sit two rows, uh, two seats to the right of Kurt Warner every single Sunday on NFL Network, and he. And uh, my favorite Michigan man on offense, I don't want to piss off um, Charles Woodson, although I might have just pissed off Desmond Howard. But (laughs) and Tom Tom Brady, I mean, he is the personification of you never know. So is Kurt. You just never know, man, in this league. And that's part of the reason why I think we both love it so much, Adam. Oh, without question. I mean, that that's the beauty of the NFL. You do never know. And, you know, that's, you know, you make predictions beginning of the season. I, you know, you, you root for stories, you root for people, you root for underdogs. So we're five Sundays into the NFL season and it's, mm-hmm. it's been wild. I mean, every Sunday I'm fascinated by the ebb and flow and, you know, Giants, Packers. I, I thought it was obvious Green Bay was going to take care of business in that one. What has been the most surprising storyline for you in this 2022 season? Well, I mean, it's a toss-up. I mean, I I thought the Eagles were going to win the East. I predicted them before the season. I didn't Mm -hmm. predict that they would be the last remaining undefeated team. I I was a believer in Jalen Hurts. Uh, I just love his whole story and what he's about and what he's become. And he is the newest rock star celebrity of the NFL. And I, I, I think it's dynamite for him um didn't see how you know stupendous they'd be on defense to complement this offense through five games they do have a big game coming up against the dallas cowboys on sunday night week six that i'm really keen to watch um but to me the biggest surprise outside of the giants making the nfc east the toughest division in football um that 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 plays into what I think is the biggest surprise is that the AFC West has been a big bust so far. Totally. That the the Chargers appear to be the same Chargers team as last year, which is talented, but injury prone and and sometimes uh, um, uh, vulnerable to analytical decisions by their head coach that um, comes out of nowhere and is a total head scratcher. I'm sure there are numbers and and uh, science to support it, but I'm more of a verbal guy than a math guy on my SATs. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, 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 those things go over my head. Uh, I chose the Raiders to win the division. Um, as of this conversation, this is before that Monday night game, uh, in Kansas city. Um, so one in three start, didn't see that one coming. And then I, I definitely was one of those prior to the season that needed to see what Denver looked like before I can believe just add Russ would be the Super Bowl formula for the 2022 Broncos, uh, maybe down the road. And then, um, you know, as as much as I thought Tyreek Hill would be a significant 
loss for Kansas City, I was definitely a believer that you could spread it around. I mean, and that they would be just as dangerous. I remember Marshall Falk years ago after Calvin Johnson retired, him saying that that could be a benefit to the Lions. And we were looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he said, when you take somebody that the quarterback focuses on solely out of the way, it might make you less predictable and even more potent. And I thought that could be the case for the Chiefs, but didn't see them just seemingly sitting atop this division um, once again. And it just playing out like, like normal. It's what it looks like right now through five weeks, at least. I'm with you on every single thing you said about the AFC West. I had the Raiders in the playoffs, not winning the division, mm. but I mean, you I'm, could still, you never know, yeah, right? But but I'm stunned. They haven't. I didn't like what happened against Arizona. You know, Chandler Jones again. We're taping this before the Kansas City game. Hasn't made a play yeah. yet. Um, I I thought the Chiefs would come back to earth a little bit. Picked them to make the playoffs, like you. I didn't think they'd win the division, but I want to hit on what you said about Brandon Staley because. I, Rich, I don't get it. Like, I, I really don't get it. And normally bad luck, I mean, if it wasn't for bad luck, Chargers would have none at all. And Brissett throws that pass. They pick it off. The game's going to end. Why they go for it, I, I just, on the heels of last year, the Thursday night game, the Chiefs and the Chargers, on the heels of the Raider game, I, I just don't understand what on earth Brandon Staley does on a week-in, week-out basis. Well, I mean, that one, you know, I, 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 I can see that when you give the ball up, you lose control over your ability um, to end the game on the spot. A two-yard gain ends the game on the spot. You have Justin Herbert. I'm sure you've got a play call that's in your, in your arsenal that you think this is definitely going to work. And, um, and it didn't. So he, he said after the game that, you know, he believed his defense could come up with a stop. If that's the case then give them three stops in addition to the one yes. that they might not get. I mean, <laughs> if you believe that your team's going to make one stop, then you damn well be sure they're going to make at least three or four. So, uh, or one out of three or four, that's all that's required. So I, I, I was confused by it. And, and, and one thing that a charger coach, as you pointed out uh, in your setup, Adam, that you very rarely hear a charger coach called is lucky. And um, he was lucky. He was lucky that that kid, Cade York, who um, came up with a game winner for this team already earlier this year, somehow pushed it right. You know, um, but you are, again, what you are. And they're three and two, which is what you'd rather be when you're hosting Denver next week. And I think the Chargers should beat Denver. They're, they're a better team. I think that they are a, a more consistent team, which is not something that you would normally talk, call about it. And I, Denver genuinely concerns me. I think they're way more banged up than even a banged up Chargers squad right now. And um I'm genuinely concerned that they're 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 gonna they're gonna lose again. Um and then we'll find out if the Walton family, if the if the Walmart family has uh, you know, is itchy or not, because one team is already well down the road for Sean Payton, um, even though Carolina would um have to cough up quite a bit to get Sean Payton from the Saints, who still owns his contractual rights. But that's what usually happens when there's a, a an early firing in the NFL is that one team thinks that they can get a jump on somebody, and we'll see what happens with Denver. You have that domino effect. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Denver, and I, 
you know, I didn't pick Denver to the playoffs. I, I, I love the division, but I, I was like you. I was kind of a little curious to see. It was an upgrade with Russ, right? I mean, that, that was mm-hmm. easy and obvious, but still some other issues. I did love the Nathaniel Hackett hire. I, I loved it. I thought it was logical, made sense. He's been around football his whole life. Did a great mm-hmm. job in, in Green Bay and Jacksonville and Buffalo and my alma mater, Syracuse, when he was there. I mean, he, he knows football. Rich, I'm watching him on the sideline from game one until game five. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, it's, it's alarming to me when I watch Nathaniel Hackett on the sideline. Yeah, I mean, look, he made the right calls in game one up until the decision to kick and not let Russ cook, you know. I mean, he did make the right calls. Both of his running backs fumbled inside the the 10-yard line. I mean, what are you going to do, man? Uh, that and 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 then he made the mistake of of, you know, sitting Russ in Seattle for a 64-yarder and then that was just uh, a harbinger as my old English teacher used to call it. Uh that uh, we we saw some real head scratchers in a, a game against Houston the following week. He punted on a 61-yarder, and he's in altitude for this one. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought 64 <laughs> yards was close enough to make it in Seattle. So what are you doing? And then um, the play calls inside the red zone began to get all backwards. They hired somebody to help him with um, decision-making in real time. And, I mean, you know uh, – I don't know what what the decision making was to call a timeout after a timeout on Thursday night and then have him throw it on a one yard situation. Um, I don't know, but it's all turned around and uh, the Chiefs, I think, are going to run away with this thing just like old times. Harbinger, one of my favorite words, by the way. Oh, and it, I'm trying, it, man. It's a, it's a great word. Harbinger, hyperbole, two of my Mount Rushmore favorite words. Now, that's a good segue into your show. And I, okay. I try not to listen or watch too many things in sports, right? I'm, I do a daily radio show, daily TV show. I'm sure like you, right? You'll listen to music. You'll do something else. Like, I, I don't need you know everyone's opinion on everything. I watch the clips of the Rich Eisen show on Twitter more okay. than any show in sports. Seriously. Thanks. I find your show to be informative, smart, fascinating. You have this pretty amazing ability to give strong opinions without necessarily flying, you know, and I listen, I, I'm pretty fired up when I do my radio show and podcast yes. and TV show, but you're measured while you give strong takes. You have this amazing ability too, and I don't think anyone else in the business does this. Entertainment, and a lot of it on TV, celebrity, and sports yeah, you can combine Thanks. it better than anybody else. Thanks. How would you describe the Rich Eisen show? Well, I mean, uh, one of the first things I noticed when I got to NFL Network, Adam, is um, man, um, the first Super Bowl that we did in Houston, um, we were so excited. We had our first NFL Network commercial all queued up, and it was a classic. It was Parcells and Jerry Jones going to sing uh, the show tomorrow from Annie with all the other stars of the game, because it was the first off season for the NFL network that tomorrow everyone would be O and O again. And it was just a genius, genius spot. And we were so excited and nobody saw it because it was the first thing you saw after Janet Jackson 
had her you know what exposed right right so it was as if our commercial never existed literally the most tivoed moment if we can go back in the day here That's occurred right. and so everyone's like stopping it and going back and my blackberry went off with people saying did you see that and i'm like what do you mean where i'm watching the commercial this is the most amazing thing and the reason why i bring this up is it dawned on me very quickly while working for the NFL and talking about the sport 24-7, 365, that the, the hugest event for the NFL and thus the largest sporting event, the most popular sporting event exported by the United States to around the globe uh, stops, is stopped in the middle for a rock concert and nobody bats an eyelash. Nobody. And frequently that's what's talked about more than the actual Super Bowl. Um, so um, I thought to myself, there's a reason for that, and that's because sports is just part of the pop culture landscape as a movie, a TV show, a song, a book, an album. Um, and so I wanted to talk about um, this sort of stuff on NFL Network. Didn't really fit. Like, we try to have celebrity guest-picking segments, and some celebrities didn't really know the NFL. It was tough to to get them on. And, they, you know, if you ever saw the movie Diner, they were all afraid like I was going to put them in the basement and quiz them before we got married. You know, like it was I'm like, look, I'm not having you on to talk about the cover two defense here and and beclown you for not knowing sports. I just just, you know, I try to create something for that. And it just didn't really work on NFL Network. That's why I created the podcast, my podcast in 2011. Um, and then that grew out of. Um, you know, out, out from there into my daily show that DirecTV reached out to have me do after Dan Patrick in 2014. And now I'm in year eight. And that's what it is. You know, it's a show about pop culture. It's clearly very sports heavy, um, but it, it is about the the topics du jour. It's about life sometimes where we'll have arguments about you know, how much time you have to say goodbye at a party. I mean, we just had a like literally an eight minute conversation about that stupidity the other day. And I watched so it. It was great. Thank you. Um, so that's what I love doing, man. And uh, I'm in year eight, got a new partner in the Roku channel, which is um, a platform with multiple ways to watch it, as well as different um, platforms on it, different shows, different networks on it. So I, I love being part of that fabric and that's what I'm doing. And by the way, the goodbye is overrated. My wife and I have this argument all the, t all the time. She's got the Jewish goodbye. She's saying goodbye. A goodbye for, for her takes yeah. a long time. For me, the, the, the goodbye and leaving a party and not saying goodbye, that's the only way to say goodbye. No, no, hmm. To me, nobody really cares if you're leaving. Now, if you're at an event and you have to say goodbye to someone, you know, a thank you. That's yes. different. A thank you is different than a goodbye. A goodbye, no, especially with a phone and a text, if you need to get in contact with someone, say, hey, right. great seeing you. No, Otherwise, nobody cares about the goodbye. I don't agree with you, Adam. People want to be told goodbye. People want to, you know, if they had a nice conversation with you at a party and were like, what happened to Adam? Where did he go? And you just ghosted and you just left. Out. Somebody might take that very personally. Certainly if they have thrown the party or certainly if they're adjacent to the person who threw the party, if they wanted to invite you to something else as well because they enjoyed your time and they would take your ghosting as maybe an indication you didn't enjoy the time as much as somebody else. You've got to pick your spots. 
You've got to pick your spots. You got to say goodbye to the person throwing the party and maybe two or three other people and then get the hell out of there. You know, I have I have very, <laughs> but very strong the, thoughts. But on it's the this. get the hell out of there. That's so problematic. Now, you always say thank you to the host, mm. but yes. it's the get the hell out of there portion of the of the evening. That is problematic. I find that's tough because once you go goodbye. Then yeah. you get sucked in for the conversation. I understand that. That's why you got to find that sweet spot. You got to find that sweet spot and have have the have the you know be as tuned to the party as as you possibly can to say goodbye to the right people and also the de- proper detachment to get out of there. It's very difficult. A lot of people are very sensitive about this sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, this if this sounds like a curb episode, I think it really is one. <laughs> you know, I I had Larry David on once, and this is an awesome story that um. You know, because I brought up uh, anytime he's on, I bring up social situations for him to to um, comment on. And one time was asking him because my my wife will always ask me if a friend of mine, okay, not hers, my friend, who we as either a couple or she sent a thank you note to, like thank you, you know, for what you did, thank you for this, thank you for that. Did your friend get the thank you note? And I'm always like, what do you mean? You're like, why, why do we need a receipt of the thank you note? No receipt. So I, right. So I asked Larry about this and God bless him the way his mind works. He goes, so is she saying that she should get sent back a you're welcome note? <laughs> like, there's no such thing as a you're welcome note. I'm like, it's exactly what it is. She wants a receipt of having something been received. So she knows that her thank you has been received. And of course, as you might imagine, maybe this is a a male thing. I don't know, but it just starts an avalanche of where does it stop? It's like an Escher print. Like it just keeps going and going and going. There's no way to make it stop. Um, So one day uh, when Larry came on, I sent him a box of uh, Rich Eisen show golf balls as a thank you for coming on and God bless him. Did he just sent me back a note that said, you're welcome. (laughs) And (laughs) it was fantastic. I have that note. It's one of my favorite uh, possessions of all time. It's just done a, it's on a curb your enthusiasm, like, uh, you know, long ways um, um, piece of stationery just says you're welcome on it. But these are the sorts of things we talk about on my show. Cause to me, this is just as much fun as arguing who's on the hot seat or who's not. Uh, Cause it, it's, it, it, if I can just land on, something relatable to somebody um and then they could tell somebody hey you should watch this or listen to it because it's relatable i'll i'll take that and to me that's the beauty of your show i i care about you know what you think and what you know the culture you've created with celebrities and like i i love it And, and also sports and i'll give you an example and i'm curious to get your take on this you know sure. you were one of the sports center faces in the late 90s Mm-hmm. Home runs, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds. To yep. me, the numbers are the numbers. Now, we that's my take on it. Barry Bonds is a single-season home run champ. I will always and forever believe that. I can't take 98. I don't want to put 98 back in a bottle. I mean, I, I watched you you guys on SportsCenter. I, I wanted to see, did the Yankees win? Did Sosa hit a homer? Did McGuire hit a homer? I remember mm-hmm. your interview with McGuire when, when he retired. Now, yeah. I was all into Aaron Judge. It's a Yankee record. I'm a Yankee fan. You're a Yankee fan. It's the American League record. Where do you stand on the home run and Aaron Judge? 
Um, I, I, I believe Aaron Judge is the single season all-time home run king. I said that the other day. That's the way I believe it. Um, uh, I don't know if it's maybe, if you will, um, penance for being somebody who sold um, a tainted home run race every single night. It was magical. I got to tell you, man, when I was on SportsCenter and McGuire or Sosa homered, Stuart Scott and I would invariably be sitting on that set talking about it. This is when chicks dug the long ball and yep. we assumed everyone was clean, although I think everybody figured that why are these home runs being hit at such an alarming rate by such gargantuan people, you know? All, and personally, I think McGuire and Bonds are Hall of Famers because of what they did when they were this thick. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, McGuire still, if I'm not mistaken, has to this day the rookie home run record. Uh, Bonds was a remarkable player when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I, I I do believe that they and I think Clemens has a Hall of Fame resume prior to whatever was going on with the Blue Jays and the Yankees as well. So I'm not saying they should be kept out of the Hall of Fame. I just call into question what the hell was going on back in those days. And um, if judges found to have uh, juiced at some point, I will be crestfallen. I will be broken up. I'll have to explain that to my kids. Um, my my youngest son, I I, I do uh, want to know where you got that uh, T-shirt because my youngest son is obsessed with you know John I Sterling. Would. It's just for you. It is hide as far as it's gone. I appreciate. I mean, you're talking my language. My son loves the uh, Twitter account, John Sterling's um, sound bites or whatever, because or d- the WFAN site yes, has John on a camera, so he sees what he looks like. And I point out to him how he's cupping his ear like an old school guy, and what that means, and how he's got a a jacket, a tie, and a perfect pocket square. I just love how old school he is, you know. So I I I totally respect the history of the game. And I love the game. I love it. And um, being at the forefront of it when I was on SportsCenter was intoxicating. But um, I I just believe that those records are tainted. Um, and I believe when we were talking about American League record, that was code for clean. I think that's why people were tuned into it and were totally fascinated by it, even though it was just a league record, not an all-time record. And I know I piss off a lot of Giants fans and A's fans and Cardinals fans and Cubs fans. Uh, it's just the way I feel. And and I love McGuire. Like to this day, I love the guy. I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but I've considered him a very dear friend and he's just a sweetheart of a guy. Um, I just um, I'm I'm just disappointed by that entire time. Wow. And it sounds like that's personal for you. And I, I understand. Oh, yeah, that. man. I mean, yeah. I sat on the set and it was it was a time of my life. I I loved it. That 98 World Series when the Yankees were 125 and 50 and. You know, I grew up in the old Yankee Stadium and getting to cover those teams. It was truly something I cherish to these days. And I had Je- uh, Jeff Passan on before, and he started running through the different Yankees who were tainted on all the championship teams that they had. And that's his point. He's just like, is there anything that's clean? Like, so you, if there's nothing no. that's clean completely, you can't, you know, sideline all these other records. And I totally understand that and respect that. Final question for you. How do you feel about the Yankees this postseason? And even as you raise your family and your kids in L.A., I could tell from your Twitter feed and your Instagram that, you know, you're raising them as Yankees fans and your kids are into it. How cool is that for you to pass that on and to for you guys to watch those games at four o'clock in the afternoon out in in Southern California? Hey, Adam, uh, how old are your kids? How old are your So my kids? oldest is 14. We have a 14-year-old okay. daughter, 12-year-old daughter, 7-year-old son. 
Okay. Congrats on being a girl, dad. It's um, my, my uh, third um, and final child um, is, it, it is a girl. Uh, her middle name is Mattingly um, because my, my wife's like, we have two boys. Let's, if, if we have it, let's go for the girl. And if we get the girl, you can name the girl. We try for the girl. We get the girl. My naming rights were immediately demoted to the middle name. <laughs> so her middle name is her middle name is Mattingly. She's got wow. a Don Mattingly baseball card in her room. She totally understands what the history of her middle name is. My favorite baseball player um, of my adolescence. Reggie Jackson's the guy who helped me fall in love with the sport when I was eight and he hit three home runs against the Dodgers in game six of that world series to clinch everything. And Chambliss's home run and Thurman Munson and catfish hunter and Ron Guidry. I mean, those are, these are the guys I, I, I emulated growing up. I bring this all up to say that we do watch the Yankees here. And I, I feel for kids who are your kids ages that they might not be able to stay up for the end of Yankee playoff games. My kids out here on the West coast, they see it all and it's great. And we're watching Yankee games and it's over by dinner time out here. And we're watching Kay and Cone and O'Neill and the rest of the yes crew. I mean, and my, my youngest son is constantly on the MLB app. That's all he does is watch highlights. He's constantly watching MLB network and it's great. And I love sharing that with him. Um, this year, uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous that Garrett Cole is not the Verlander that we need him to be. And I and I compare him to Verlander because the Yankees, uh, if I'm not mistaken, could have gotten either one of them. And they went for Cole. I don't know if Verlander would have come. I don't know. But Cole, we need him to be our Verlander, the guy who just doesn't give anything up. We can't he he, he can't be that guy when the Yankees score one, he gives up two or gives up anything. Um, and um, you know, the the Guardians uh are are a problem as far as i'm concerned and then the ultimate thing is if they're lucky enough to get past the guardians because nestor cortez is so good and and judge has just been generationally brilliant and their offense hopefully will support him behind him uh i'm nervous that um that the guardians might get him and if they they get past him i mean the astros are just stupendous and the yankees for some reason they're 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 like a handful of guys you could put on one hand that the yankees just for some reason don't know how to get out okay one of one of them is rafael devers can't get him out no. ever no. okay um another, another one is otani can't get him out it's you know uh, uh, we know we know what he's going to do right so let's figure out how to get him out and the astros have two of them they got they got altuve and bregman they cannot get those guys out ever and so uh i'm concerned about taking on the astros and then Obviously, there's the Dodgers. That would be a uh, quite a uh, a triple Lindy for them to pull off. But never know, man. I'm just excited that they're in it, um, and that uh, you know my ears aren't so naturally shiny for you to try and stop this thing and have somebody check me out during this broadcast. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I. I love that your son does that. My son does that. Baseball obsessed, highlights, you know, and he has to go to bed. He he's you know he's seven years old. Has to go. so he wakes up in the morning. Dad, coffee and sports. You know, I'm prepping for the radio show. Sports mm-hmm. center's on. He's checking the app. Comes in. He's all fired. Ah, uh, watching the Yankees. He would kill for that out on the West Coast. A oh, complete game. Yeah, it's the greatest. It's uh, honestly, I got to say, you know, look, as soon as this game is over you know, you got to do your homework. And on the East coast, it would be as soon as this game is over, you got to go to bed or as soon as the sixth inning is over, you got to go to bed, you know? And so we, we, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate out here. And plus, you know um, you know, my wife is a, um, a Bostonian 
So when we started having kids, like onesies from the Celtics <laughs> used to come to the house and the Re Patriots. And I'm like, look, if I make my child root for the Jets, when Tom Brady is winning championships, the Patriots child services will remove them from our care. Um, but my one preemptory was take those Red Sox things and get them the hell out of here. We are not doing that in this house. And and my daughter's middle name is Mattingly, which is the greatest thing, uh, although it's creepy that uh, Mattingly's son's name is Taylor. Uh, and my daughter's name is Taylor as well. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, and at any rate, long story short is I'm, I'm a blessed guy and and, um, you know, things are. Things are looking up for the Jets and the Yankees, hopefully going on a nice little run. And my Wolverines, if we beat Ohio State again, I will be the most obnoxious person on planet Earth. It'll be great. As you should be. Rich, you're the Thank best. You. Seriously. I, Thanks, I, man. Big fan of what you've done in your career and how you do Thanks. it. And, and I love the Rich Eisen show. Keep up the Thanks, outstanding brother. work and really appreciate the time. I appreciate it. I appreciate being on a pod. My show's a pod as well as in addition to, you know, 12 to 3 every day on so many different ways. And so um happy uh to to do this anytime you ask adam rich great stuff man thank you you bet thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the adam shine podcast rich eisen my goodness how awesome was that extra listeners on sirius xm our listeners on pandora thanks to our listeners on apple Podcasts and with stitcher we record the adam shine podcast all year rounds please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode you can always catch me every weekday on my Sirius XM radio show, Channel Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. The Adam Shine Podcast is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Shine on Sports weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Man Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, and on the SXM app. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. Touchdown! For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Sirius XM Podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.